Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. I want to welcome you back to the program again this week. And uh, if you were with us last week, uh, I know you were blessed by the ministry of Pastor David Hughes. He is on the set with me again uh, this week, and he pastors a great church in Benson, North Carolina, called Benson First Assembly. Uh, he has written a book also uh, that is really a devotional, and you can. It's called His Life Now: Fifty Days of Grace. Uh, it is a uh, devotional, and you can get it uh, in the uh, ebook form right now for free at Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And uh, you can also order uh, the hard copy through uh, that outlet. Uh, you'd be blessed by that. If you're in the Benson, North Carolina area, you owe it to yourself to go by their church and visit them for a service. You will be blessed by the gospel of grace that's being preached over this uh, this man's pulpit. Uh, every time I've ever heard him, he's been a speaker in our conference a number of times, and uh, I've spoken with him in other conferences around the country, and his ministry will bless you. He consistently uh, says some things that uh, are just absolutely, in my opinion, vital for right now, and um, and I know it's, a, to, to some grace guys, a dirty word, but I appreciate the balance that he brings, and I think one of the things is that, that he's not new to the message of grace. Actually, his pastor, uh, the late uh, Scotty Todd, was a tremendous yes. influence in my life, and Scotty was a prince of a man, but was preaching grace long before it got popular, <laughs> as well as we were. And yeah. so some of these guys that have been around have seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. So we know how to navigate some of the waters that some of yeah. the same, so that we don't have to make some of the same mistakes. But it's good to have you back on. Uh, oh, Pastor it's good to Hughes. be here. Uh, let me say also for those of you who uh, missed last week's program, you can go back to our YouTube channel and you can uh, watch on demand on YouTube. There's a link from my website to our uh, YouTube uh, channel, also to our iTunes and our podcast. And there's also an RSS free feed for other devices, but you can get the audio portion so that you can go back, review some of these things uh, uh, that we've been saying. Uh, just so blessed uh, last week by some of the things that Pastor Hughes was sharing. We're going to uh, jump back in again this week and talk about the love of God. We're going to talk about relationship. And, uh, you know, one of the things he was saying last week from the Song of Solomon was, uh, the song, from the Song of Solomon, it said, His left hand was under my head, and his right hand does embrace me. And I so appreciated that because he talked about how the left hand and the right yeah. hand speak, speak of grace and truth. truth. So we have the favor and the embrace of God, but we also have him holding our head to focus it where yes. our focus is yeah. back on Jesus. Yeah. And absolutely the gospel is about him. You know, all, the volume of the book is written of him. Yes. Everything I preach from <laughs> Genesis to Revelation is about him. Even the Old Testament, you say, well, we don't need the Old Testament anymore. I'll tell you what, the Old Testament Amen. is Jesus concealed. The New Testament is Jesus revealed. That's and good. the powerful pictures that come from some of these things are so valuable. One of the pictures that we want to talk about today is, you know, I think it's amazing that the scripture said, if the things which Jesus had done were yeah. written in a book, he said, I reckon that the books could not contain them. Mm -hmm. And so uh, before we came on, uh, David was talking to me just a little bit about 
the woman called it adultery. What a powerful picture and revelation that comes from that. And I'm going to let him just begin to share some of those things with you. But it is good to have you back on the oh, it's program. It's good to be here. And uh, what a blessing you are, man. Like I say, I just, I love to brag on Jesus, and I know you do too. And uh, one thing you said earlier before we uh, get to that that struck me was, uh, you know, that this whole, the volume of the book speaks mm -hmm. of him. And uh, I used to tell people, I said, I love pop-up books when I was a kid. I don't know if anybody else did, and to be honest with you, if I'm ever in a bookstore and I go by and there's a pop-up book, even now I still want to flip up and see it. But I found out that the Word of God is the greatest pop-up book ever written. Mm -hmm. There are pop-up pictures of Jesus on every Everywhere. single page in every single story, and we just need the right eyes to see that. And it's not something, when you said that Jesus in the Old Testament, it's Jesus concealed. And it's not hidden from us, but mm -hmm. it was hidden for us. Mm -hmm. And I think when we begin to see that, and we begin to see these stories like the interaction with the woman caught in the act of adultery, is a real event. It really took place. Yeah. There are other, just we could go to so many scriptures and talk about it, but it's pictures of Jesus because He wants to reveal Himself. Yeah. And Jesus came to do that. He came to reveal the Father and to show His nature and His grace. And that particular story, when it struck me, because there's a, there's a struggle with some right now with understanding, I think, sometimes law and grace and just adding to the conversation some thought. The thing is, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. And, but we need to understand the perspective that grace is, as we talked about last week, grace is a liberty and a freedom for Jesus to live his life. It is an, it's not just a license. It amazes me we joke about that a lot, but people say it. you preach grace, it gives people a license to sin. I think if you preach grace, it leads people to Jesus. Yes, it does. Because um, I didn't even know you had to have a license to sin. Yeah. I was doing it illegally, I reckon, <laughs> uh, before. But Where do you it, get one of these licenses? That's right. I just pass them out. You have to stand in line or what? You for nineteen ninety. You could, but when we see that this is a revelation throughout of Jesus, and that story of the woman caught in the act of adultery, there's still a little part of me wants to know where the dude was, but uh, nonetheless, mm -hmm. Jesus was there in the synagogue. Especially if she was caught in the very act. The very know? act. Uh, something's He'd going probably on. standing with a rock in his hand. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but they, the, the religious guys of the day bring this woman to Jesus, and there he is in the synagogue, and here's what it said. I love the wording. Uh, it says they put her in the midst or in the center. Mm -hmm. And he uh, looks up and they said, uh, this woman's caught in the act of adultery. The law says she's to be stoned. What do you say? And uh, I like Jesus' response there. Sometimes we're just as anointed to speak as we are to just be quiet. It's not that Jesus didn't know what to do, but he never spoke a word. He said that wasn't my father. And uh, I, this is a little aside, but I found out sometimes God gives me a good <laughs> Tremendous anointing sometimes just to not say anything if it doesn't need to be said. You know, but that's, that's, another, that's a whole other thing. But uh, I had somebody tell me, I hope I don't lose this rabbit, but they told me one time to say, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't know. He said, good, now use it when you need it. Yeah. We don't claim to have all the answers no, or don't. all the truth. Yeah. What we do is point to the one who does. Mm -hmm. uh, but Jesus was that one. And anyway, he sat there, and when he looked up, he made this statement. What a powerful statement um, to catch them. Whichever one of you is without sin, man, you get to get, throw the first rock. And it says, from the greatest to the least, they dropped their rocks and split. They left. And so there's Jesus and this woman left. And he said, where are your accusers? And she said, there's nobody here, just you. And I think this is such a powerful pop-up picture to me to what was coming in redemption, to contrast the law and grace, because he said, neither do I condemn you. And people want to add, and he said, go and sin no more. Yes, he did. 
Because to sin is to miss the mark. The mark is righteousness. The mark is Jesus. And what the new covenant has done in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ has done for us is place that very mark in us. It's not a mark on the wall in a list of rules. It's a life, and it's a life governed by love that He's put within us so that that life can live out of us. But what the law did was it took that woman, and the, we can probably determine somewhat if what we're hearing is law or grace to find out where the focus is. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about last week being stuck in selfie mode when mm -hmm. I'm looking at myself. If I'm looking at myself, it may be that I'm looking at myself through the eyes of the law even because it condemns me. It makes me feel guilty. The law makes a demand, but it stands aloof. Not that the law is not righteous or holy, because the righteous is pure. But we in the flesh cannot keep that law, and that wasn't its purpose. I've often told people that preaching the law as a means to get rid of sin is like pouring gas on a fire in order to put it out. Mm -hmm. It literally fuels that very thing that yeah. you're trying to stop. But what happened was God was not just wanting to bring an end to sin. And people say, didn't he? Yes, but what he wanted to bring was the revelation, realization, and experience of righteousness, of his very life, of his very being. He wanted us to have a relationship with him where we weren't conscious in thinking about those things. But there we see with that woman, we see what the law does. It sets you in the middle. But what does grace do? Grace says, I embrace you. Mm -hmm. I accept you. And that's what the cross was all about. That's what the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus was all about. Jesus took all of humanity in, and He accepted us. But just as you shared last week, I thought it was so wonderful too. The freedom was not for an old man because it wasn't an old man that was resurrected. It was a new creation. Mm -hmm. The liberty is for the new creation to live. Yeah. Not my perception of what an old man is or my flesh or anything else, but for Jesus to live. And so I've got to determine and, and see that God's not setting me in the center. That's law. Mm -hmm. And it makes those demands and it accuses me and it leaves me feeling guilty. And we know it. I don't know who's listening. There's some people that have flipped by. Maybe you just tuned in. I don't know. But we feel that sense of guilt we feel that sense of condemnation. We feel that sense of disqualification. Uh, I joked with our people, uh, you know, we had, um, I believe it was just last year, we had the Olympics again. And I asked them, I said, I don't know if any of y'all tuned in to watch, but I said, I don't think any of y'all saw me on the Olympics, did you? <laughs> I said, I used to play a little badminton in the backyard sometimes, but the, I, I watched those guys playing badminton, and I thought, Lynn, I can't even play badminton. <laughs> but the reason I wasn't there was, I couldn't qualify. Mm -hmm. You have to qualify for that, and I would have been disqualified. But that's the neat thing about the new covenant. The scriptures tell us that the Father has qualified us. While the law sets us in the middle, and the law says you're guilty, and the law says you're condemned, and it constantly points to our behavior, grace just sets our affection. It takes that left hand and turns our head towards Jesus, and it says you are accepted. You are loved. You are all that He said you are. There is no spot or blemish in you. Mm -hmm. You're altogether lovely. And I think that's the power of grace. And out of that place of acceptance, out of that place of new life in Christ, out of that place where the Spirit flows, we don't miss the mark because Jesus is the very mark. Mm -hmm. If I let the life of Christ live, and I struggle like some other people. Sometimes my flesh shows up. We talk about things like that. There's sometimes I've done things and people might say, what part of Jesus was that? And I go, that won't Jesus and that won't the new creation. That was just my bad attitude. <laughs> just face it. But is he holding that against me? Is he looking at that? Is he focusing on that? No. 
what the Holy Spirit does is turn my, uh, my eyes back to Jesus and said, you're accepted in the beloved. That's not your identity. Mm -hmm. We used to tell our kids that. Uh, I'm not a perfect parent. You'll, that's one thing, to my knowledge, you'll never see me write as a parenting book. I've, <laughs> I'm amazed at people that do. Mostly they don't have any kids. That's right, yeah. <laughs> but I used to tell my kids, I said, my heart and my goal as a parent is I want to connect you with Jesus. Yeah. And when they do something, I didn't just berate them for the, uh, and jump on them for the action. We used to tell them, we said, that's not your nature. Mm -mm. That's not who you are. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what Jesus, in that picture that I see, is from that place of acceptance, Lynn, is coming out and realizing that the life of righteousness lives out from a place of acceptance, affirmation, and approval that we get. It's not the life of righteousness that we try to live out to get into that place of approval. And that seems so simple sometimes, mm -hmm. but it's where we miss it. I think sometimes yeah. we fall short in our struggle and we get back in, even in selfie mode in mm -hmm. a good sense, it, we think is, but mm -hmm. it's just a religious sense. I'm trying to work my way back to this thing, but I'm continually disqualified and I'm not understanding and accepting the fullness of what love has done for me. Mm -hmm. it's, we get in what I call kind of self-help modes and again exactly. it's still self. You yeah, know? self. We get into, uh, you know, I call it sin management programs that we have yeah. in church. And, <laughs> but, you know, I was thinking while you were saying that, one of the things that happens in the middle of that, here's this woman who's been set in the midst and all of a sudden the story shifts and it says, and Jesus stooped down. Yes. So the focus shifts off of this woman. Yes. to what Jesus responds. He stoops down. I was thinking while you were saying that, that man, that just struck my heart. He stooped down. He lowered himself. Yes. He came down to our human experience. Oh, that's powerful. You know, and he lowered himself. He became what I am so I could become what he is. Oh, that's powerful. And he stooped down with his finger. He begins to write in the sand. And, you know, like you said, I think you were saying some of this in South Carolina. <clears throat> we could say all the kinds of things about you know, what he wrote, you know, what happened. I, I think one of the things could be said about that is the divine finger of God had now touched the sand, sand of human of existence. That's powerful. And he could, you know, he was writing his own name, perhaps. Yes. He was signing his nature. Yes. That's he powerful. was putting his signature in the sand of our human existence so that when he powerful. says to the woman, go and sin no more is not a command. He's just put his nature inside right. her. Right. Exactly. He empowered her. And so, but he, what he does is he takes the focus off of her and her failures and puts the focus back on him and what he's doing exactly. about the situation. And probably this woman, you know, sometimes we talk, we see the act, but we don't see what's behind why people do what they do. Yeah. That there's something in them that needs to be healed, something in them that's really crying out saying, thank God. You know, I've seen people, for instance, Pastor Hughes, that, you know, got caught in things. It's almost like a relief. Thank God. At least, yeah. it's, thank God it's out in the open. You know, at least yeah. it can be dealt with now. I don't have to hide no more. And I think that's so, so, so powerful there. But, you know, and, and, and I want to say this as well, because, you know, sometimes we have moved so far away, or at least some have in the grace message. They're like, there's no more room for deliverance. It's, you know, right. it's all right. You know, you just go ahead and just, you know, yeah. God's okay with it. You're good. I'm good. Everything's fine. You know, and, you know, just go ahead with your adulterous affair. That's not what Jesus was doing here. Right. <laughs> you you right. know, I, I say, I say things like this when, even when Jesus came to the tomb, you know, of, uh, of Lazarus and he calls Lazarus come forth. You know, the stone that he told him, first of all, roll the stone away. You know, to me, the stone speaks of the law and a lot of right, people have powerful. gotten good at rolling the stone away. They've got good at getting the law out of the picture. Right. But they're rolling the stone away so dead stinking flesh can get out. 
And we don't realize that we're rolling the stone away, not for dead, stinking flesh to get loose, but to release the power of resurrection, the life that's in there. And when that comes forth, you know, sometimes you've got to, you know, take the grave clothes and begin to loose the grave clothes and loose them and let them go, you know, from the bondages of the religion that's kept the resurrection life bound. Yes. You know, because that, I mean, the whole point is, is that, uh, you know, Scotty, your, your pastor that we talked about, Scotty, a little bit. What, what, you oh, know, I'm yeah. sure I so miss him. But he Me used too. to tell the story about, he used to tell the story about when he raised them squirrel dogs he had. Oh, I remember Spot. And he'd say, you know, <laughs> it was his name Spot. Spot was Spot. one of them, yeah. And he said, you know, you, you don't really teach a dog how to be a, a squirrel dog. It's got to be in his nature. Right. And so all you got to do with the squirrel dog is get him in there where some squirrels are at, and he's going to do what's in his nature to right. do. Right, Exactly. And so I think that's one of the things we've got, you know, I think that's one of the that's things powerful. the hand under our head does. Right. Is it points us back to what's in our inherent nature. You know, I've said right. things like, you know, I've seen people who, you know, when they get free from law, one of the first things that happens, and I'm doing a lot of talking here and I don't want to no, take no, all no, the time. No, 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 it's good. Is one of the first things people do when they get free from law is they want to test the waters of freedom. Right. And, uh, and 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 th- so they'll test the waters of freedom. They go back to something maybe they left when they first got saved, and they go back to that. And it's like they, in their mind, they have a thing. Well, this is going to be a lot of fun again. I'm free. But they get back and they do that, and all of a sudden it's like, this ain't mm. fun anymore. Yeah. Everybody else seems like they're the life of the party, but I'm not. I'm not having a good yeah. time. And I, I said, do you know why that is? And people say, no. I said, because it's not your nature. It's not said. who you are. Not yeah. who you are. It's a violation of your nature. That's not condemnation. Right. That's just your identity surfacing that says, listen, I'm the righteousness of God. Yes. And right believing does produce right living. Right. You know, not a performance to be, but because I already be, and, and it's from that I do. And so Jesus takes the focus back. He stoops down. That's powerful. And he starts to write in the sand. He became what we are so we can become what he is. And he starts to write his nature in the sand of our human experience so we become oh, a living powerful epistle end. of God, you know. Well, I think sometimes, you know, what you were saying, we've, uh, in, in this unveiling of grace, and, and we have to be careful because people said, you pre- preach a grace message. Well, that's a part of it, but if, if it just becomes about a message, really? it's just we begin chasing a message, and yeah. grace isn't about a message we're chasing. And, and that one will get old, too, and people move on to the next one the as next far as one. if you're chasing a message. Exactly. But when we realize that what grace is really about is about a person who's apprehended us, I think that's when we understand the embrace of grace and the understanding of truth. And we're not teaching uh, sin management. And we've had words like performance or behavior, and we don't sometimes even know what to do with them. Some people don't in grace. They go, well, we can't talk about performance or behavior anymore because we're under grace. But there is the fruit of a life lived. That's right. And even in the epistles, you know, we read Paul's epistles. I find this amazing. Every one of Paul's epistles in particular starts and ends with grace. And he, he, most of them begin with uh, reference and, and realizations and unfolding about what's true of us in the heavens, what's true of us through redemption, being seated in heavenly places in Christ, our, ident- our identification with Christ through His death, burial, and resurrection. And they end with some, what we could term practical instruction, but it's not just practical because He's not giving, okay, here's the rules. What He's saying is, this life I've been revealing and unfolding to you by the Spirit, here's how it's lived out. Here's what it looks like. Things like, well, why don't you forgive that brother or sister that offended you? You know, like Jesus has already forgiven you. 
And we look at things like that and we harbor and hold offense. And what do we do with things like that in mm -hmm. grace? How do we respond to things like that? Well, if we bring the law in, we can make a demand on somebody. Mm -hmm. It's just like the woman caught in the act of adultery. We're going to law her to death. We're going to stone her. But Jesus said, no, we're going to come at this from a place where I've accepted you and you're approved. Well, just like I said, I'm not in the Olympics because I didn't qualify, but I am in the kingdom of heaven because Jesus qualified me. I remember we, at our state fair, I, this is how some of you feel, I believe, what I'm getting ready to say. Our local state fair in North Carolina, I loved to go to it. When I was young, I rode the rides. I liked all that kind of stuff. But now what a state fair is about is food. All the good stuff. But nonetheless, we were That's there. That's our Olympic job. That is now. my Olympic. Now, I can make that team. Have you got the hot dog we eating or something? We can qualify for I'm that. qualified. I'm, I am anointed for that. But uh, they had one of these rides, and we were, I believe, sitting there eating. But they had one of those rides, and it had that little marker on it, Lynn. You've probably seen uh -huh. them that said, you must be this tall to ride this ride. And I saw this kid, and he had the biggest grin on his face. And, I mean, he ran running up to that ride, and the guy stopped him and made him back up to the measuring rod. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know what's coming next. That little kid backed up and looked up, and guess what? He wasn't big enough. He, he just dis was disqualified. disqualified. And he hung his head and walked away, and I said, there's what we've done to so much of humanity. Oh, that's such a powerful There's so much of what we've done to dear brothers and sisters in the Lord is we have held out a standard that nobody can meet and we disqualified them for this ride of this life in Christ. And that's what we're trying to declare and see the Holy Spirit really, He's got to do that right where you are. Yes, sir. Open your eyes and realize yes, you have been qualified yes, sir. completely and totally by the grace of God. It's nothing you could do. This is not your merit. It is not your earning. It's not based on your worth. It's based on love. He said, I accept you. I love you. Lynn, I believe they're pastors watching and ministers. Yes, I've sir. been there where they're worn out and they're tired yep. and they know how to go through the right motions. They know how to say the right things. They're not trying to put on a facade. It's not about trying to fool people because religion is so afraid and legalism is so afraid we're not going to act right that that's what it ends up producing. Actors. Yep. We learn how to say the right things. We do the right things and we know in our hearts we're not meeting this standard and we're disqualified. But I'm here to tell you, and Lynn and I, we want to make that clear, that more than that, your Heavenly Father wants to know He's qualified you. Yes, sir. Talk and He's you. not backing you up to some measuring stick or some measuring rod and telling you, keep trying. You're almost there. He's telling you you're already there because mm -hmm. you got qualified by Him. Yes, sir. And the things you've done in your past, I just feel in there's people. Yeah, absolutely. It's simple. There are people that are, there's things you've done in your past and some of them are in your present. You don't know what to do with them, but you need to know this. He's not disqualified you from love and grace and mercy. And some of those things that are holding you back, some of those things that are holding you down, He's already dealt with. He's not going to deal with. One of the things I like to say is I, I believe God wants to deliver us from some labels people have put on us. And some of those things are failure. Matter of fact, I had opportunity to preach, uh, share at youth camp here many, many years ago. And I remember when I, I set up the Lord, I just drew a big sign on the uh, board up there, I remember, and put a little tag on it. Y'all have seen the little name tags. It said, hello, my name is, and drew a line. Mm -hmm. Fill in the blank. And some of those labels we don't wear on our shirt, but we wear them in our heart. Mm -hmm. We wear them in our mind. And that's why he's got our, uh, that Song of Solomon reference. Let your left hand be under my head. 
help me see from your perspective because we filled in some labels that we say we're a failure, we're a loser, we're abused, we're hurt, we're all of these things. And what the Holy Spirit does through the love, through the compassion of Jesus is He displaces those labels and shows you your identity. You're accepted in the beloved. And to me, Lynn, there's nothing more powerful than people being gripped by the reality that they're loved by God, that they're accepted in the beloved, that they're not being backed up to a measuring rod and a measuring stick that has them disqualified. Because this ride in Jesus, mm-hmm. I'm not making it, for, but it is a blast. What a ride. Yeah. What a ride. In, you know, you mentioned Scotty. One of the things, uh, Scotty, just a father in the Lord to me, used to always say was, Enjoy the journey. And if we're not enjoying the journey, then we're missing out on what He has. And we realize He's qualified us for that journey. He's done everything. He's worked everything out. He's not sitting us in the midst with an accusation. He is embracing us with love, with mercy, with grace. He's embracing us with all that He is. And He said, I just want you to learn. I don't know who made the statement, but I love the statement to live loved. Mm-hmm. What if I woke up every day with the realization He loves me? Yep. I don't turn the camera. I don't turn it on selfie mode. I'm not focused. I'm loved. Yeah. I begin to behold Him. I begin to see the world around me. And I, I think that's something we don't really have time. But we, we need to understand the one of the purposes of Christ in us, the hope of glory, there's an expectation of some glory to show up. He wants to be seen around us and through us. And it's not just kind of smoke, like you've said before, it's not just, you know, smoke in the corner. Smoke in the corner. What is his glory? He told Moses, it's all of my goodness. Mm-hmm. It's all of my grace. It's who I am showing up into people's hearts and in their lives. That's powerful to me. It really is. You know, I, that, that to me is so powerful. The glory, you know, uh, Moses said to God, let me see your glory. Yeah. And God said, I'm going to let all my goodness pass before you. Yes. And, uh, of course, you know, uh, he sees God's hinder parts, but on the Mount of Transfiguration. Face to face. He sees Jesus face to face, and he realizes <laughs> glory is not smoke in the corner. It's found in the face of Jesus Christ because all of God's goodness yes. is wrapped up in that. And, uh, man, what a, what an incredible, incredible thing that all the earth will be filled with the knowledge, knowledge. Of the, of the goodness of God. That's powerful. So, you know, I mean, at, least that, at least that's one aspect of His glory. Right. And uh, man, you know what? I, I, I want to say to people, ask the Lord today, let me see your glory. Let me see it. Show, your, show me your goodness. Yes. And, you know, we have cliches. We say, like, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. But I really believe that. Yes. Yes. You know, and uh, so I, I believe God is good. And I believe He's good all the time. Uh, We're just about to run out of time, but man, I'm going to tell you what, if you've walked up to, I felt like the Lord really spoke to somebody through Pastor Hughes today. If you've walked up to that measuring stick and you felt like you've been disqualified your whole life, and I know uh, coming from the background of what I came from, how I felt so disqualified until I finally walked away from this whole ride called Christ. But you're not rejected. You're accepted in the beloved. God so loved the world. Well, if you get on this ride, it's the ride of your life. What a joy. It's an abundant life on every level. Uh, We're out of time. If you've got uh, a moment to take and call the number that's on the screen, if you'd like to help us take the gospel like this around the world, it takes your partnership. It takes your help. Your seed sown into this ministry helps us to take the gospel around the world to the nations of the earth. 
If you'd like to do that, call the number on the screen or write to us with the address that's on there. Or you can go to our website and give via credit card or debit card, and we will greatly and deeply appreciate it. God bless you. The word repentance means to change your mind. The message of John the Baptist and of Jesus was to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is accessed by a change in our thinking. If you are in outer darkness, there is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. That reality is not always out in the distant future. It is in people's lives right now. One simple mind shift can move you out of darkness and weeping and into light and rejoicing. God wants to wipe all tears from our eyes and replace our weeping with joy.